Joe Adele says, hello. Detmers gets his first win, and the Angels sweep the Cubs. And are we seeing the beginning of regression for Mike Trout? We're going to get into that and much more. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Hey, you can find us anywhere that you get podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even Sirius XM. All you got to do is search Lockdown Angels. The best way you can help us out is by giving us a rate and review on Apple. It really helps out the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button if it's your first time here. Or if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, we'd love to have you be a subscriber of Lockdown Angels on YouTube. Get into the comments section. We'd love to chat with you there as well. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. How you doing, everybody? It's John Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels and the Super Halo Bros. My brother Mike is usually here with us each and every day of the week. However, it was my fault. I had a scheduling conflict, weren't able to record. So thank you for being patient and waiting for this episode to come out. And I'm really happy to be here to talk about last night's game against the Cubs and get into some of your voicemails and questions for Fan Mail Friday. Just so you know, uh, Lockdown Everydayers, we are going to be recapping the weekend series against those ugh, Mariners. Uh, but yes, today's show is Fan Mail Friday. But before we get to your questions, let's get into last night's game and how the Angels completed the sweep. It was a 3-1 to victory for the Angels. That was an incredible win, of course, and it came on the back of Reed Detmers getting his first win of the season. It was about time. He's been waiting for it. We've all been waiting for it. Let's take a look at his numbers here. Five and two-thirds innings, five hits, one run, two walks, and eight strikeouts. And then Chris Davinsky, how about that guy? Getting back to the Houston Astros all-star form that he once was out of the bullpen, and he didn't even start in the majors this season. He got called up from AAA, so that's pretty incredible. Uh, one and a third innings with a strikeout, and then Jose Soriano, youngster for the Angels, coming out of the bullpen, one inning pitched with two Ks, and then our guy, Carlos Estevez, one inning, one strikeout, and his 16th straight save of the season. Guys, that matches Troy Percival's 2001 season where he had 16 straight saves. Can Carlos Estevez break the record? A Troy Percival record? That would be something to see. Let's see if he can do that. Uh, has not blown a save. He's converted every save opportunity he's been given. Now let's talk about Detmers for a minute because you guys probably noticed this as well, but here's what I looked at just to be sure. He threw his slider at two different velocities last night. At the maximum, it was 91.2 miles per hour. And at minimum, it was 84.8 miles per hour. His average miles per hour on his slider this year has been 90.1. Last night, the average on his slider was 88. It was down 1.3 miles per hour. And now that he can throw his fastball harder, which got up to 97 miles per hour last night, by the way, he came into this season with a revamped fastball. How about that guy? The separation of his speeds between the fastball and the slider is absolutely crucial. The slower the pitch is 
in terms of miles per hour, it creates more break, more spin, and it generates more swings and misses on that slider. I believe he had eight swings and misses on that slider last night. We've seen this with Griffin Canning. We saw this before because Griffin Canning would throw his fastball, and then he had this really hard slider. It was almost a, a cutter, which is like a cut fastball, of course. And because of the movement and the way it, it breaks, it was almost, a you could consider it a cutter, that's hard to say, rather than a slider. And there wasn't much variation and difference in speeds. And honestly, that's kind of what Reed Detmers was running into when when his lowest fastball velocity around like 92 or so is matching the speed of his highest slider velocity at 91 that's going to get you into trouble you really have to have a separation of speeds if you're going to pitch effectively i think detmer's taking off some of that speed on his slider was the key to it being much more effective mark gubaza noted that on the broadcast as well. So hopefully this is a good step in the right direction for Reed Detmers getting his first win of the season. Again, five and two thirds innings, two walks and eight strikeouts on just one run. So a nice outing from him. Then the bullpen coming in and no hitting the Cubs the rest of the way. We got to talk about the offense guys. We got to talk about Joe Adele and his big return coming in to his first at bat of the season with the big league club. Of course, he's hit 18 home runs in Salt Lake and is tearing it up down there right now in AAA. He's up here because Hunter Renfro is on the paternity paternity list. So congrats to him and his wife on their new baby. And so it's going to be a short stay for Joe Adele, unfortunately. I know we all got excited after what he did last night. In his first at bat, hits a home run, 117.2 miles per hour off the bat. That's the exit velocity and 451 feet to left field. Huge, huge. And we're not talking about his defense today, are we? And that's a good thing because if we're talking about Joe Adele's defense, it probably means something bad happened. But he looked great out there in right field as well as hitting the that home run in his first at bat. I know he got a strikeout. There were a couple calls uh, that were kind of low in the zone. On TV, they looked lower than the strike zone, but on StatCast, Baseball Savant, they actually looked like they were in the zone. So there's kind of a, a I don't know, a, a difference there um, that it could have been a strike, it could have been a ball, but I thought he had some patient approaches. Uh, he did drive a curveball into the ground that Drew Smiley threw him, and so he kind of got on top of that one, but if he had gotten under that, I think he could have done more damage there. Hey, Taylor Ward hits a sacrifice fly after Renhifo and Wallach get back-to-back -back hits, and it drives in Renhifo from third. And then Zach Neto creating havoc on the base paths. He steals third. Ward, at the same time, is stealing second. The ball gets away on the throw to second, and Neto is able to come home from third and score. I love that the Angels manufactured a run like that, and we need to see more of that out of this team and i think it was really smart to put that double steal on and number one it was successful number two who knew that the ball was going to get away and it was going to be a bad throw and it was going to bounce off the glove and whatnot but that's what you got to do you got to create havoc on the base paths and that's what we mean when we say that 
you never know how a play is going to turn out. And you never know if there's going to be a throw that gets away like that, that allows you to score. The Angels took advantage of that. Uh, the Cubs have had some shaky defense all through this series. And I think the Angels identified that. Great to see them take a sweep against the Cubs. This is a team you got to sweep, right? Because they're really down on their luck. I know it's not a plus 500 team. I know it's not the Astros or, or the Rangers, but you got to take the sweeps when you can. So let's celebrate that. Let's be excited about that and, and take that momentum into the weekend series against the Mariners where the Angels are playing the Mariners tonight at 638 Pacific time. Shohei Otani versus Luis Castillo. What a matchup. That's going to be a tough one. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. And coming up on Lockdown Angels, we're getting to your voicemails and questions. And you asked, is the regression of Mike Trout starting now? We'll talk about that in just a minute. Hey, Lockdown Angels is brought to you by the Game Time app. Listen, Game Time app makes it so easy, convenient, and fast to buy tickets. So you don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Flash deals, exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. You guys know that Mike and I both went to a game on Tuesday. Well, I took my wife and my father-in-law. We use the Game Time app. Super convenient, super easy. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And on the Game Time app, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. You can see images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can discover the lowest price guarantee and even get event cancellation protection. Tickets are sent directly to your phone and you never have to dig through your email. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So grab tickets without the stress on the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONMLB, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Again, the Angels are playing the Mariners tonight at 6.38 Pacific time. And Locked On Everydayers join us Monday as we recap that entire weekend series against the Mariners. Let's beat up on those M's, huh? They, they like to talk a lot of trash. So let's uh, show them who we are. Uh, you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, we're getting into your voicemails and questions for Fan Mail Friday. And you guys had some uh, trade proposals that you wanted to run by us. So let's get into our first voicemail with a possible trade. Hey, Mike and John. This is Ben from Simi Valley, California. And I just had a question on who you think could be some possible Angels trade targets to improve by the deadline in July. Um, maybe a role as Chapman to add another lefty to the pen and get rid of Luke. Uh, what are your thoughts? Thank you. I love the show. Goodbye. Ben from Simi Valley, thank you for sending in your voicemail and asking us who you think that we'd want to trade for, who the Angels could trade for. You mentioned Aroldis Chapman. Obviously, 
that is a highly sought after pitcher out of the bullpen from the entire league. I actually saw something that suggested the Royals might package him and their closer. My gosh, I have the closer on my fantasy team and I'm blanking on his name right now. Let me look that up. But in the meantime, the Royals actually have somebody that I'm interested in. Oh, Scott Barlow. That's the, uh, that's the closer from the Royals. Uh, but the Royals actually have a different pitcher that I'm interested in. And his name is Carlos Hernandez. Now he's been around for about three years or so kind of off and on starting, not starting out of the pen, kind of used as a, as an opener sometimes. The Royals are really struggling with their starting pitching. But listen to these uh, percentile rankings from StatCast for Carlos Hernandez of the Royals. He's got a 79th percentile in whiff percentage, 71 percentile in walk percentage. He's got a fastball velocity. He's in the 99th percentile, and the spin puts him in the 86th percentile, a chase rate in the 78th percentile, Guys, I'm looking at his profile, and he actually reminds me of another Carlos that we're all very familiar with, Carlos Estevez. He actually does that top-of-the-zone uh, fastball thing where he's throwing really hard at the top of the zone and getting guys to chase. So check out Carlos Hernandez. I think not to be a closer, obviously. We have that role locked down. But I think Carlos Hernandez could be a great fit in this bullpen. As far as the role as Chapman, having a lefty, and adding him to the pen, I think I would take that. I would take that every day. Uh, but you have to wonder what's going to happen, of course, when Matt Moore returns. Um, he's going to be crucial to this bullpen. But like we said, when the season started, we knew that this bullpen was not going to be the team the, the way it looked when it started, when the season started. And it certainly has been revamped and rebuilt. And it looks really good right now. And it would not hurt to add another bullpen arm like Aroldis Chapman or Carlos Hernandez or even Scott Barlow. Those guys, again, are not going to take the closer role from, from Carlos Estevez, but you can't go wrong with more pitching, pitching, pitching. Hey, Micah Julian on Twitter had a question for us. He said, what do you think about trading for Michael Lorenzen? He's having a great year in Detroit. You guys remember Michael Lorenzen from last season? Perry Manassian took a chance on him because he had previously been out of the bullpen. Also, he was kind of a two-way player. We were, we were all kind of hoping that he could be the second two-way player that the Angels have, other than Shohei Otani, but he just ended up pitching last season. Now, he did have an injury last season that kept him out for a good chunk of the summer, and that was unfortunate. Right now, Michael Lorenzen is 2-2 two and two with a 3.21 ERA. He's pitched nine games 41 Ks and get this a 0.994 whip. So just about one batter per hits one batter getting a hit or a walk per inning pitched. The walk rate is why he's having so much success this year. Last year, his walk rate was 10.7%. This year, 5.7%. Let's take a look at his profile from StatCast. With the Angels, he actually has better underlying numbers and percentile rankings than he does this year, which is really interesting. And that's why I think the walk rate is the key difference here. Listen to this. Average exit velocity last year, 59th percentile, not bad. This year, 30th percentile. He's 
giving up hard contact. He's being hard hit more this season. Uh, he's uh, striking out guys less. Uh, he's getting guys to chase more, which is interesting. But again, that walk rate, he ranks in the 84th percentile this year. Last year with the Angels, 13th percentile in walk rate. So I think all of Michael Lorenzen's success is that he's giving up way fewer walks this season. And that makes sense. It's his second full season as a starter. So again, uh, that's probably why he's having some success there. Now, as far as a trade for Michael Lorenzen, I know he's having a great year. I think if the Angels are going to trade for starting pitching, you've got to get somebody who's frontline. I know that Otani is our ace. We're hoping that Patrick Sandoval can live up to being the number two guy that we've seen flashes of. Um, but the Angels kind of have three back-of-the-rotation kind of guys. Tyler Anderson, Jaime Berea, Reed Detmers. Those guys on another pitching staff would be their fours or their fives. And we know Reed can be better than he's been. We know Sandoval can be better than he's been. Jaime Berea is really impressing us this season. However, if you're going to make a trade and you're going to give up prospect or something like that it's got to be a frontline guy and it's got to be somebody who's going to make a huge impact on your team i think michael lorenzen would be a great candidate for a trade but i feel like he's another middle of the rotation guy i think that we need to go after somebody who's more frontline if we're going to give up the prospect capital for a starting pitcher and make that move toward the trade deadline <music> Hey, Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You guys know Mike and I love our Bird Dogs because they're a clothing company that's all about your comfort, my comfort, everybody's comfort. And when you wear pants and shorts from Bird Dogs, you're going to look good. You're going to feel good. Listen to this. The Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts, for example, they fit better than regular shorts because they're not made of restricting cotton that's stiff and gross and things like that. It's actually made from cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. And the way to get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement is because it's stretchy. Bird dogs also use anti-stink and anti-sweat fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And that's very important, especially with the summer months coming up here. Whether you're on the golf course, at the meeting, or on a date, or hanging out with friends, Bird Dogs pants and shorts work for you everywhere. So check out birddogs.com slash MLB to get yourself a pair of pants and shorts. And when you do, you got to use our promo code because if you use MLB in all caps, Bird Dogs is going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with your order. I drink my iced coffee out of that thing every single morning and i love it it keeps it cold all day so you're gonna want that tumbler again go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and then use our promo code locked on mlb go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb today getting back to our fan mail friday questions and voicemails we got another voicemail here let's go hey guys how you doing this is scott freeman it's been a while since i've called and you guys are continuing to be awesome with your show virtually every single day here's my question 
Fletch is doing fantastic at AAA. And so is, as he always is, Michael Stefanik. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's batting 326. And check this out. He's got a 427 on base percentage and an 840 OPS. And this is in um, 184 at bats so far this year. On the flip side, Luis Renjifo, outside of his home run on Sunday, he's been pretty bad this year. And Levon Soto is Levon Soto. So what gives? I mean, Manassian says, and he has proven that he's going to play the best team, um, but he doesn't seem to be doing so in this case. I'm just wondering uh, what insight you might have about this or any information that you might know. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for always being so awesome. Bye. Dr. Scott Freeman, thank you for sending in your voicemail. It's great to hear from you, my friend. I'm sad Mike's not here to uh, to get your voicemail as well. Hey, he brings up a great point. Listen, this voicemail came in on Monday, to be fair. So he did mention Luis Renjifo. He talked about Levon Soto. Uh, of course, since then, Anthony Rendon's come back. Levon Soto went back to the minors. And then Renjifo has been having a studly week. Listen to this. This is uh, from our friend Swilly Sports. On Twitter, Mike and I got to meet her at the ball game on Tuesday. Super nice, super awesome. She tweeted this out. Luis Renjifo has the 12th highest OPS in all of baseball in the last seven days at 1.211. That's with a minimum of 15 at-bats. He's also 11th in the league in slugging and tied for first in runs. How about Luis Renjifo having a week? This week, having a week this week. Yeah, that's the right way to say that. But going back to Scott's voicemail, he's right about David Fletcher and Michael Stefanik. Listen to this. David Fletcher has 26 runs in 164 plate appearances, 36 games, 51 hits, five doubles, one triple, one home run, 21 RBIs, three stolen bases. Listen to this, guys. 14 walks and 12 strikeouts. David Fletcher... He's walking again, you guys. He's He can walk again. And here's his stat line. 347 average, 409 on base, 415 slugging, and an 824 OPS. Listen, David Fletcher is doing exactly what David Fletcher needs to do. He was not getting the playing time that he needed to get right at the beginning of this season because they had Gio Rochella and Brandon Drury, and now Zach Neto's up. And so there just hasn't been a spot for him. I know that you can make the argument that you could choose either David Fletcher or even Michael Stefanik to play rather than Luis Renjifo. Here's the thing about Renjifo. He is out of options. And so if they're going to make a change there, you're risking putting him on the waiver wire. And somebody's definitely definitely going to claim him. He is always a trade candidate. And I think that he is really building his value. I think David Fletcher and even Michael Stefanik are building their trade value. But going back to David Fletcher... This is exactly what he needed to do because coming off the injury from last season, he wasn't getting the at-bats, the playing time, all the stuff he needed to get right. And so every time he did come into a game for the Angels, it was kind of a disaster. And it's unfortunate that he needed time to figure things out, but I think he's in the exact right place in AAA. Michael Stefanik, of course, is having an incredible hot streak. He's got an on-base streak of 61 games, I think, the last time I looked at it. Going back to last season, this season he's played 53 games. He's got 33 runs, 65 hits, 10 doubles, 2 triples, 2 home runs, 30 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, 32 walks, 18 Ks. Here's his line, 355 average, 443 on base percentage, 
438 slugging and an 881 OPS for Michael Stefanik. Both of these guys, I think, are going to figure into the roster next season. And I know there's a big question mark about what this roster is even going to look like. Gio Urshela is on an expiring contract, of course. Be nice to have him back maybe for a couple more years. But these are the guys you're going to look to to be that Gio Urshela type. In fact, we talked about it earlier this week. Everything that Gio Urshela is doing this season is what good David Fletcher does. And we haven't seen good David Fletcher in about two years. So Gio Urshela has really been a David Fletcher saving grace. Hey, let's get to another voicemail. This one comes all the way from New York City. Here we go. Hi, this is Jeremy, daily listener from New York City, originally from Fullerton, California. Um, I was wondering, we have seen uh, Trout struggle a little bit this season um, here and there, um, but we've largely chalked it up to just a slump and, you know, have been confident that he'll return to form um, soon enough. Um, at what point should we start to worry about him um, and that it's not just a slump and more a regression due to his age, uh, all of his injuries, et cetera. Um, love the show. Um, yeah. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for giving us a call all the way from New York City, a Fullerton native originally. How about that? So that's why the love of the Angels runs deep with Jeremy, even though he's all the way out in Yankee land. <laughs> but listen to this. I know this question has come up a lot. So Jeremy, I'm thankful that you sent in your voicemail just because we got to answer this question about Mike Trout. Is it time? Is it time for regression in Mike Trout's career? Well, listen, he's 31 years old. I think that's a perfect, perfectly reasonable question. But I don't think that regression is happening yet. It will. As he gets older, it will. But I don't think it's happening yet, and here's why. There's a couple of indicators that tell me that it's not old age. It's not his body breaking down. It's just the fact that he's not swinging the bat like he normally does, and he's not delivering on the bat speed he normally does, which can be an indicator of age. But he's got some answers for why he thinks he's struggling. But before we get to that, let me tell you why I don't think it's regression. Mike Trout is a big, healthy boy, and here's why. Average exit velocity, he ranks in the 89th percentile. Max exit velocity, he ranks in the 93rd percentile. His chase rate is in the 93rd percentile. His expected slugging and hard hit are in the 92nd and 91st percentiles. And all of that tells me that he's still got his strength, he's still got his muscle, he's still got youth on his side and he's hitting the when he when he hits the ball that's the indicator when he hits the ball he's still hitting it really hard really powerfully he's doing mike trout things when he makes contact now his k rate with percentage down in the 20s in terms of percentiles listen to this though this is another indicator why i don't think mike trout is getting older and regressing he's in the 95th percentile in sprint speed and then Here's here's something that blew me away. Have you guys noticed how well he's playing the outfield this season, especially this last week against the Cubs? Mike Trout ranks 63rd in the 63rd percentile in outfield jump. What does that tell me? That means he's getting to the ball quickly and efficiently. It's the best it's been in the StatCast era in his career. So from 2015 to now, this is the best outfield jump 
that Mike Trout has had. So he's still seeing the ball off the bat. He's taking great routes to the ball this season. You saw him bail out uh, uh, Reed Detmers last night with a great play in right center field, getting to that ball. So again, there are indications that Mike Trout is still Mike Trout, and it's not age, it's not regression, it's not his body breaking down because he's still doing everything right. He's hitting the ball hard, he's running fast, he's taking great routes to the ball, and he's getting the best outfield jump of his career. He actually talked to Sam Blum, and Sam Blum put this in an article from The Athletic. This is Trout speaking. He said, I think the biggest thing right now is my front side is flying open. I'm not hitting off anything, just up there swinging all upper body. It's a process. For me, I can go in the cage, and then in the game, it's just a different thought process. I couldn't tell you why. When your front side is flying open, your backside drops, Trout said. That's why I'm under a lot of baseballs and hitting balls to right field. When I get a strong load, keep the front side closed, I'm the old Mike. And not the old Mike as in old age Mike, but like the old Mike at the plate who was really good at making contact. So again, it just comes down to Mike Trout needing to make contact. Everything else is going really well. He's hitting the ball hard. He's running fast. He's defending very well this season. So I'm not worried about regression yet from Mike Trout. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Don't forget that the Angels are playing the Mariners tonight at 6.38 Pacific time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Angels and connect with Mike and I on in Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Monday on Locked On Angels, don't forget that we're recapping the entire weekend series against those pesky Mariners. Hopefully we can win this series, maybe even sweep them too. That would be so delicious. So I hope that that we can come back here on Monday with some good news. Until then, my name is John. Mike will be back with us on Monday. Looking forward to meeting you back here on Locked On Angels, and we'll see you on Monday.